0: The gory days, are here to save the 80s horror show. Take a stroll down memory lane. it's time to start the show. The gory days, the gory days, the gory days, the gory days. The gory days. Welcome to the gory days, the show where we take a stroll down memory slaying to remember our favorite horror movies from the 1980s and beyond. Kyle Leone here, your host for another week, and what a week it is. Happy New Year! That's right, we are in 2021. Finally, out of that 10-year month, or 10-year year that was 2020, oh, it sure felt like that, it was awful, but we are out of the woods, we are out of the frying pan and into the fire, as they say, into whatever new horrors await us in 2021, including a terrifying new, uh, way more contagious form of COVID. Anyway, I can't think of a better movie to talk about today now that we are leaving some of our worst decisions behind us and walking into 2021 with our heads held high. Today we're talking about 1986's Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. The arguable best Friday the 13th, I I haven't seen all of them. So I feel like my rating is going to be slightly skewed at the end here. I rated this based on the Friday the 13th I have seen, which include the first one, And part two, I haven't seen three, four, or five. I'm hoping my guest has, because he's the one that brought this movie to me. And I'm so glad that he did. A new friend of the podcast, first time on The Gory Days, maybe his first time to podcasting in general ever. We'll find out. Please welcome to The Gory Days, new friend of the podcast, Max Epstein. Hello.
1: Hey, glad to be here.
0: Awesome to have you. Uh, So I know you through a uh, friend of the show, Connor Fitzgerald, who was on, he did The Ring, that was a fun episode, and then yeah. we made our own, like, little podcast called Feeling It Out with Kyle and Connor, um, and that, <laughs> that's kind of standing still right now. It's on hiatus, how about that? Um, yeah. Season two is is right around the pike, uh, and I'm also working on a comic book with him, his uh, his Western comic spell slinger, but how do you know Connor?
1: Uh, that's a really good question. We're Basically, surgically attached. Met each other in preschool, um, and I don't know. We just stayed friends. We did little works together. We still stay in contact, and you know, we're just a fan of each other, I guess. Um,
0: did you guys um, ever watch? Did you guys ever watch any horror movies together back then? In the good old days, you
1: know, it's. I think he mentioned it before in the in the Ring episode, but um, a lot of the some of my early horror experience was actually brought on by his mom um oh that's right horror buff yeah so i think i do remember seeing a lot of movies over there um off the top of my head i think i might have seen alien for the first time with oh dang not sure (laughs) um it's all a blur you know we, we just when you when you're friends with someone for that long it just sort of turns into a big blur of experiences you know what i mean
0: Sure, um, of course. And then, so does that mean that uh, you weren't allowed to watch horror movies growing up? You had to kind of run away to Connor's house to watch any horror movies.
1: It's actually funny because I, I think that's like the normal like narrative, right? You have like the the cool house where you get to go and like play all the violent video games and watch all the scary movies. But um, my parents were actually always they were pretty they were pretty supportive. Like they were always like, I, I know it's like a flash in the past. Um, but I remember back like, you know, when blockbuster video was open, you know, in the stone age, um, I don't know why it was some weird joke I had with my mom where when I was a kid, I would always go past, um, I think it was Halloween. Like I'd always see Halloween in the same part of the store Uh all the time. And I'd always laugh and I'd say, Hey mom, can we get Halloween? And then for a while she was like, you know, I don't know if that's like your type of movie. And it just kept on going for a couple of years. And then eventually she's like, you know what? Take it home and you know, you could watch it
0: and
1: I couldn't really back down.
0: <laughs> right. Cause she called you out. <laughs> yeah. So I,
1: so I did. And I was like, you know, John Carpenter changed my life. And, uh, I guess that's sort of what blew up the dynamite, you know, in that mind. Um,
0: yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, so you would go to Blockbuster and you would walk down the horror aisle past Halloween. I'm trying to remember what the box art. It was it's the 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 pumpkin with one of them being the knife in the hand, right? It's got to be. It's got to be. See, that's so funny cuz I would go to Blockbuster and I would be absolutely terrified of all the box art in the horror <laughs> aisle. I'd be so scared and I would walk but but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm brave, so I would walk down the horror aisle just, like, trying to stare straight ahead but looking at the movies kind of, like, out of my peripheral and just, like, <laughs> turning to look at them every now and then. Because it's funny. There's, there's kind of an era that I've uh, discovered through doing this podcast of, like, a lot of movies, the, the box art was sometimes a little scarier than the movie itself. Oh, definitely. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm looking at you ghoulies. Uh, yeah,
1: they, they didn't pull their punches in the box art
0: yeah i was terrified that and um halloween stores going around and looking at like the the actual scary costumes or the costumes of like chucky or Freddie i wasn't actually ever really that scared of but jason i was i remember as a kid like halloween was like the popular time to dress up as uh horror icons if not just a random werewolf or whatever and jason always seemed like the an attainable one because he's completely covered so you can wear a mask. You don't really have to look like him. No one can say like, oh, you don't look like Jason. Like as long as you're kind of big and you have the mask and machete, then you're good to go. I don't know why I always gravatory- gravitated toward Freddy, though. I always thought he was more. I always wanted to dress up as him.
1: Yeah, it's, it's got to be the sweater.
0: Yeah. But did you ever dress up as, as anybody for Halloween? Like one of Jason or Pinhead or who were the others? Leatherface.
1: Or like Michael or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, Michael, Michael <clears throat> Myers.
1: No, but it's yeah, it's interesting you bring that up. He's um he's definitely a an, an icon. Um, yeah,
0: but for yeah, reasons. It's, it's, he's, yeah, yeah, he's an icon. I totally agree. Like when I say eighty uh, slasher, what's the first thing that pops up in your head? It's either going to be Freddy, Jason, or Michael. Maybe Chucky, but it's going to mm-hmm. be like mainly those three. Maybe. Uh, leather face if you're like a child of the 70s but uh otherwise that it's freddy jason i mean that's why freddy versus jason existed there's no oh, other like blank versus blank but i i feel like the things that w- i know jason to be and the things that i liked jason the reasons i like jason even like back in the 90s are for things that apparently weren't all developed at the same time you ha- i i'll use my i statements i have this <laughs> fantasy in my mind where you know, genius filmmaker sit down and decide, okay, everyone, we're going to invent a new slasher. He's got to have this, 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 and this. This is his backstory. Okay, we all know, good. So it's all going to be consistent from the first movie. Friday the 13th, the franchise, is a fantastic example of how it's just kind of a wacky fire hose that they're just trying to figure out what the heck is making money. Why do people want to see these movies? Is it Jason? Probably not. Let's kill him. (laughs)
1: yeah no it's it's and you're absolutely right i mean like it it was like hot potato for so many of the movies and still is you know we don't it's in this weird sort of like um what's it called it it, it's it jumps between who owns the rights like every single time you look at it and it's got new directors new screenwriters and all these different you know like ideas for what they want jason to be what they want the movie to be um and this one, especially like part six, I think was one of those examples where they kind of I'm not going to say it's like they didn't really hit like super on the nail on the head. But um, I think like compared to a lot of the others, it is it is worthy of that praise that a lot of people give it. It um,
0: definitely feels ahead of its time in in a lot of ways, like the the kind of self-referential meta humor and the lack of actual nudity. I, it feels weird to say, but I think you could show this movie to like a bunch of teenagers and that'd be OK. There's there wouldn't be besides some of the gore, which is mostly done off screen anyway.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a, a departure from the original formula of a lot of the other ep- uh, almost set episodes. Um, <laughs> well,
0: that's what I wanted to ask. Have you seen all of them?
1: Um, so off the top of my head, I've I've definitely seen the first one. I've seen the second uh, you know what? Yeah, I've I've seen. I haven't seen the newer ones. Um, I, I saw okay. like clips of Freddy versus Jason, and then there's the the 2009 reboot uh, directed by Marcus Nispel. Yes. Um, didn't see that one.
0: No, me neither. Uh,
1: but the other ones, yeah, it's not the same time, of course, but like over my my years of experience, <laughs> yeah, I've I've seen them. I've seen them.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to trust you then to kind of fill in some of the gaps because it's. It's an unofficial kind of, like, mini-trilogy that uh, Friday the 13th, 4, 5, and 6 are, in that 4 is the first one that introduces us to Tommy Jarvis, and then oh, yes. Tommy's our protagonist in 5 and this movie, 6. So I didn't know who Tommy was, but apparently there was two <laughs> movies worth of character development, so I hope you can fill us in.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course.
0: Um, but, oh. yeah, that's the other thing that's interesting slash weird is that, like, as big as these franchises were there was no like consistent protagonist across the movies i think between the first two friday the 13th alice gets downgraded like and killed in the opening scene of uh, part two and then nancy in nightmare on elm street doesn't come back for part two it's just a symptom of the times i guess is that like Whereas modern horror movies are starring uh, Academy Award-nominated actors, horror movies in the 80s used to be this wonderful place for no names to kind of get their start because they were just going to get killed anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was, it's, it's interesting you bring that up. It's, um, that is interesting how it goes with, like, part four, five, and six because you do, you have this sort of inkling of a sort of recurring protagonist in a way, um, and, like, you're almost getting this sort of continuity um that carries over into the other films but yeah then after part six it kind of uh they go back <laughs> into a whole other different creek um
0: <laughs> crazy town
1: um because
0: yeah, i know eight is jason takes manhattan
1: oh i love that one is jason seven jason manhattan. goes to hell hmm. uh let's see what uh number what
0: was it? <laughs> i don't know yeah number, there's so number nine
1: it's, there's so many of them um yeah number number nine is Jason goes to hell, and that one was a real trip um, <laughs> if 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 viewers or anyone hasn't seen it before i I recommend checking it out like 'cause it is you think these ones are crazy. wait till you see that one
0: just <laughs> it's just so shark. It's just so funny from like a modern idea of like this silent character that can be played by any actor. It doesn't matter. it's not like Tony Todd is candyman or or like um. <laughs> Robert Englund is Freddie. Jason is like three to five different stuntmen in any given like decade.
1: Yeah. And like, um, I think Kane Hodder is probably the, the most famous. I think the. so. He, he didn't happen until, uh, number seven.
0: Really? You know? And now yeah, he's like so, one of the main ones.
1: Yeah. He's the one of course, like whenever, you know, when people are looking at the Jason like actor, they, they go to him cause he, I think he sort of perfected the the sort of body language and the sort of just poise, but um, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Like every single movie you've got. And I think you were, cause you were mentioning that earlier with your, uh, when you were talking about like how Jason is sort of like, you know, anyone could be Jason. That's sort of how it was where, you know, like anyone could pick up that mask and go for them as Halloween and the same kind of worked with the yeah. story too.
0: But I mean, it, it just like it worked on another level because I'm black, and I'd always kind of internalized as like a wannabe cosplayer that well I have to look like the character, otherwise I, it's just it's weird. Um, and as much respect as I give to people who who do alternate takes on characters, I love it. I love seeing a black Superman all damn day. But I didn't want to be black jason it just didn't make sense um even though he's gray and molding and inconsistent looking sometimes his face sometimes his eyes missing sometimes it's not
1: oh i mean especially this one he's got a big makeover
0: yeah i mean uh that's that's the thing is uh what i was saying earlier is this was kind of like oh the first time we see jason it's jason's fucking mom and then the second time we see jason he's got a burlap sack and no iconic weapon and it's just kind of this like stacking a peppering in like oh he'll get a mask in three. Oh, oh he'll give him a, a get a machete did he get a machete before this one or was this the first one to give him a machete this
1: one i think was what made it like like iconic
0: i think definitely. so yeah um, this gave him a lot of the things like the fact that he's a zombie and can like supernaturally teleport and survive like <laughs> car crashes and stuff
1: yeah and gunshots and everything uh-huh. he was he was a he was a tank in this one
0: Yeah, and and like, well, anyway, I feel like I'm getting ahead of anyone who hasn't seen the movie, so why don't I quickly uh, talk about how this movie got made, and then I can summarize it. Uh, So, written and directed by Tom McLaughlin, after the strangest gamble of killing Jason in the final chapter and keeping him dead throughout A New Beginning... Uh, That was too much for audiences. The people demanded Jason back, naturally. So producer Frank Mancuso Jr. hired writer-director Tom McLaughlin, who... Hadn't done very much. I was curious that his Wikipedia and IMDb's were pretty empty before this movie. He had done one other thing. So it's kind of interesting to hand the the sixth part of a major franchise to kind of a green writer-director. But after recasting Jason after the first day of filming, uh, the film was shot near Atlanta, Georgia, as well as in the director's dad's pool. So originally, the film was... Uh, why did I put that in the... Yeah, we'll just skip that. The sixth installment in the Friday the Thirteenth franchise released on Friday, August first, nineteen eighty-six, ranking number two in its opening weekend. So let's get to my first segment, which is, what the hell just happened? This film features the return of iconic super serial killer Jason Voorhees after being killed off in the final chapter and only appearing in dreams and hallucinations in a new beginning that sounds so stupid on paper i can't oh, imagine I can how i can't imagine how boring that must have been in film the year is 1990 and tommy jarvis has been released or maybe he escaped from the mental institution he was committed to after the events of a new beginning despite still having nightmares of jason voorhees whom tommy killed Crystal Lake has been renamed to Forest Green and the new sheriff, Mike Garris, and everyone else just wants to move on. One night, Tommy digs up Jason's body so he can burn it. But lightning strikes and resurrects Jason from the grave as an immortal revenant who immediately starts murdering everyone in sight. Tommy races to warn the sheriff but gets thrown in jail instead where he meets the sheriff's daughter, Megan, and her new friends, Sissy, Court, and Paula, who are camp counselors getting ready to welcome children to Camp Forest Green. Jason continues his killing spree, leading him back to Camp Crystal Lake, aka Forest Green, where he slaughters more counselors but spares the children. And finally, Tommy lures Jason out into the middle of the lake itself, where Jason attacks Tommy's boat. Tommy ties a boulder around Jason's neck, and Megan swims out there, turns the boat's motor on Jason's neck, which kills him once and for all. Or does it? <laughs> <laughs> And that's Jason, that's uh, Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives in a Nutshell.
1: Yep, you hit on all the red points right there.
0: Thank you. So my first question um, is, what happened in A New Beginning? (laughs) Oh, man. All right. What happened before this movie that sets up all the batshitness in this one?
1: Well, it's, I mean, on paper, it honestly doesn't sound that bad to me, and I might get some flack for that. I don't know. But, um... So, yeah, so uh, for those of you who, judging by the title, the final chapter in number four, that is when uh, human Jason, let's call him, uh, meets his unfortunate end by Corey Feldman, who's like, I don't know how old, like 12 years old at the time, and he ends up hacking him to death. Um, I'm not going to say too much about it because, you know, you never know, people want to watch it. Um, But a new beginning was this sort of. Really, almost like a fever dream a movie. <laughs> um, and it also, it, it marks the beginning of an actual sort of like recurring character, right? Um, we have Tommy Jarvis, who's now older, and he's been jumping from halfway houses for years now. Um, after suffering crazy amounts of trauma from uh, his final encounter with Jason. Um, and he still has these, like, as you mentioned earlier, he has all these nightmares. He... Um, also just in the movie, you can see he is not doing well. He, he's, uh, he's, 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 not a, he's kind of a sick puppy. Um, so of course, like that's what makes the audience go crazy when murders start happening again. And, uh, you find out that it's someone wearing a hockey mask and has a penchant for killing people near the lake. Um, so that's sort of what happened in part five. It's it's it wasn't actually Jason, but the entire movie in this sort of weird who done whodunit um, keeps you wondering until the very end who, in fact, is doing the killings because. I don't know, like it, you, you get clips that maybe Jason's alive, you get clips like maybe it's someone else, maybe it's that guy, maybe it's that guy. And then, of course, as part two proved, um, they've they've retconned Jason's. Death before. I mean, he's come back. So
0: that's what I was going to say first. I didn't want to interrupt you, but I was no, like, wait, you called him human Jason, and we're saying right now, like, oh, for this is the for the first time, he comes back to life, and now he's like a magic revenant. But didn't isn't <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, but the like one thing I know about Jason is he died at Camp <laughs> Crystal Lake as a child. Because the counselors weren't watching him. He drowned in Camp Crystal Lake. And that's why his mom killed all the camp counselors to get revenge. And that's why he looks gray and weird and stuff. But but you're saying that they retconned that and saying, no, 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 he's just a 40-year-old dude.
1: I don't even know where to take it at this point. I think you could go and do a whole, like, series on what they were doing and – I don't know if it's like a product of different directors playing hot potato with the intellectual property. I don't know if it's like it was planned all along or whatever. Um, I mean, I think you one of the in your episode on part two, you mentioned that they they weren't even planning on having Jason in the second movie.
0: It was a totally
1: different thing so i i don't know it was um,
0: going to be an anthology yeah they wanted it to just be like each movie was a different completely different story but happened to take place on friday the 13th
1: most unlucky day
0: (laughs) which would maybe make a good tv show honestly that idea doesn't sound terrible if they wanted to do it netflix (laughs) yeah exactly um but that that is so crazy to me. The idea of a movie that's just kind of been lightly dusted with essence of Jason, but is in no way a Jason film and does not have Jason in it at all. Do they even like, is his body in it to go like, well, there he, I don't know. Oy.
1: So I, I don't even know how much to say. Cause I don't know if like people oh, okay. watch it later, but um, I, I, I can safely say his corpse does not appear. okay part
0: five well Um, because i i read some things that it's like oh they had to retcon some like multiple lines in a new beginning where they say we've cremated jason
1: (laughs) yeah that well that will clearly as as part six shows uh that that did not take
0: yeah exactly
1: Um, otherwise we wouldn't have a movie there um but yeah (laughs) no exactly it's it's and that's the thing is that it's i think it's like it's it's characteristic of all these movies where it's like you know you don't they're listening to the fans and you've got this iconic character and they just they don't want to be like you know okay he's he can't be destroyed but at the same time here they go keep digging him up and i love this movie because they actually i think that this is like a very self-aware
0: uh oh very much so the movie is like in on the joke at this point oh yeah Yeah, it's it's really funny the like meta humor and satire. Like I said, it feels ahead of its time because my brain wants to put Scream at like the first movie. Yeah, that started to kind of uh, deconstruct horror movies, which is silly. It's just the most popular and successful. There were Mm -hmm. others, but it's it's really interesting because this came out in 1986, and um, Bill Williamson's script for Scream didn't circulate until. The, until 89 so i mean it's it's on record that bill williamson or kevin williamson sorry kevin williamson uh was uh highly inspired by this like that moment when um lizbeth is like i've seen enough horror movies to know any weirdo wearing a mask is never friendly feels <laughs> taken right out of screen but this came oh, yeah. first
1: no it's it's um there's definitely like yeah like th- this part six i think was one that really you know, it, it doesn't take itself too seriously, and it does. It's really, you know, putting its own franchise under a, a you know, like a magnifying glass. I mean, But um, it's,
0: it's so bizarre to say that. I totally agree with you, but it's bizarre to say that because it's such an inconsistent, convoluted uh, franchise up to that point. So they're like lampooning um, five of the, you know, ten movies that this would explode into. I interrupted you. I'm sorry.
1: No, Of course. I mean, cause I think you're totally right. I think that's like an element of it where it's like, you know, you've got this director who doesn't have arguably has, has, has like one sort of big sort of medium horror movie under his belt. Um, and apparently was scouted because he was, was good with like, uh, he had a lot of comedy scripts yeah. going around. Um, so I think like that was definitely an element in the actual writing. Cause he wrote and directed it. Um, and I think he just looked at that franchise and maybe, and this is all speculation, I never met the guy in my life, but um, it just seems like you could see it in the script, you could see it in just how the, how the cinematography is done and everything. It just feels like this whole sort of, like, it, it's looking at this franchise and saying that a lot of it doesn't make sense, so why even, why bother? Like, yeah, that, that's the thing, to 11, it's, you know?
0: Yes. And it's funny. Like it actually, it actually made me laugh a few times. Even some of the more like, uh, groaner, like the, the kids do one at one point where it's like, um, Oh, if this is as interesting as it's going to get, we're in big trouble, buddy. I was like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> get over yourself. There were a lot of lines like that, but the worst one, the most egregious one is the gravekeeper when he's oh, like, yeah. why'd they have to go and dig up Jason stares right down the lens. <laughs> some folks <laughs> sure got a strange idea of entertainment, <laughs>
1: Well, that's when you know. That was the minute I saw that line, and like, well, that also, and then just, I mean, even oh, the, in the title crawl, you've got Jason walking out doing the James Bond yes. intro, and like the minute it, you, the minute that happens, you're like, okay, this is the kind of movie it's going to be.
0: That one um, feels so. It feels like an ice pick in the middle of the tone that they're trying to set up because everything oh, yeah. about it feels. Like, everything's being taken seriously. Maybe the silliest part is how uh, Tommy is, like, stabbing him over and over again. Um, But then once it gets struck by lightning and uh, Jason starts glowing, you can kind of feel that there, at least I felt when I was watching this, I was like, am I... I should still be scared, right? I'm still scared. <laughs> and then the his friend comes up behind him and he punches him just like one fist straight through his chest. And then
1: his, and then his corpse falls directly into the coffin and
0: then it shuts. <laughs> yeah. It's like and then and then his eye, the 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 Jason like the James Bond one. It was just like whoa! What?
1: It's almost slapstick. It's yeah. like it's insane how much and and I can't decide if it's genius or like terrible uh, because yeah. at the same time it's like you look at it and you're like. Yeah, you just don't know what
0: to think. It's, well, that's that's what's weird is because I, I feel like I want to compare it to other horrors that were funny like Gremlins or um, – Uh, Evil Dead but Uh. it's it's humor exists outside of its own universe whereas like the humor in Evil Dead and Gremlins is all kind of self-contained the humor in this is referencing the greater like our universe and the understanding that these are actors Jason isn't real they're running around but it works for me because Jason never like is in on the joke everything and everyone around him is but not once is he going to like look at the camera and go ain't i a stinker as he's like strangling somebody or like and that's what freddie and chucky ended up becoming in their later iterations is literally like um welcome to prime time bitch (laughs) and stuff Uh like that
1: yeah no, it's, it's, it's something else. It's something else.
0: I feel um, like it, it, it works on that way. It works in that way. Like when, when the Gravekeeper's like, what do they think? Uh, do they think I'm a fart head? Yes. Cut to kids screaming, <laughs> yeah!
1: <laughs> oh my God. It's it's insane. And you know what? I think it's like, it kind of works. Cause like it's, um, Jason's kind of like the straight man in all yes. of it. Like it's, it's, it's clearly everything's like moved on almost. Like even the name of the town, you know? But like everything, like the humor is different, the whole just sort of tone of the movie. But Jason is still just this force of nature. That's that such a good no point. One can keep dead.
0: Yes, that's such a good point. That he is the straight man. That like if if you had um, a uh, a workaholic style comedy, Jay. Well, no, there is no straight man in that. But <laughs> I was trying to think of an example. If you had a comedy sitcom style with Freddie, Jason, and. Um, chucky jason would be the street man one because he doesn't talk and that's just who he is he's the mm-hmm. like unaffable unflappable revenant and i've always liked that i always liked the idea of revenants of an unkillable juggernaut that cannot stop and will not until it kills you have you ever seen it follows oh yes that's probably yes. my favorite interpretation of revenants no and it's, it's it worked too um, and
1: it's, it, it does, you know, it, I think it does take a little bit from Jason and the Jason movies is cause, you know, it's like you, you see in the movies, like sometimes people will put up a fight against him, but it's like, I don't know, like, like going back to what you're saying with like scream and stuff, you know, like ghost face, like people will knock them down and like smack them with like a frying pan and stuff like that. But Jason, it's a lot of times, like he'll get like a brick to the face or a gun and he'll just pop right back up. And it's like, that's, that that was definitely it follows where you've got this thing that you can't stop it and like it'll follow you all the way to like an island if it has to um, yeah
0: and um, it also plays on like that real world fear of just f- being physically dominated by another person like mm-hmm. just see, like if like jason's a bouncer at a club you're not going to mess with him look at him look at the size of him know. you can see him from across the street um but like yeah, there's scenes in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street where they just like kick Freddy in the balls or throw Chucky across the room and he's like cursing as he climbs back up the stairs. But I, I can't think of a time where they mm-hmm. use Jason for comedic effects. Certainly not in this movie. And this is probably mm-hmm. the most comedic in the franchise.
1: Oh, definitely. Just not with him.
0: Um, I mean, <laughs> with poor Sheriff Garris getting folded in half at uh. the end.
1: Yeah, Honestly, I mean he he had a good he had a good he did um he's great he good that rock though at the end I will say <laughs> that like he, he was a good, good dad job. too <laughs> yeah I was I was a little freaked out I was like wait a minute like actual sort of decent character development like.
0: I feel all really right. bad for that guy. All he did, his wife is dead and all he's trying to, or maybe she left, but all he's trying to do is raise his damn daughter in this town. And she's, and she's, she's a is, piece of work too. She's such a piece of shit. <laughs> she's <laughs> flirting with the prisoners and she's answering the phone and saying like, Oh, he can't come to the phone. He's uh, draining the lizard. <laughs> yeah,
1: she's, I don't even know. Like the first part with her, I was like, I, I feel like her character changed a little bit, but, like, for most of the movie, she's got this sort of, like, attitude. And I... I could I not like, get... When I'm older, I feel like... <laughs> I feel a little bad for him. I'm for Sheriff Garris. Yeah. I'm just like, God, he's just trying to do... And by his perspective, I mean, you know, like, he's not doing anything wrong. I mean, who would expect Todd? Uh, Jason would come back out from his grave and right, like a Frankenstein experiment and oh. start killing everyone.
0: So that's something else. So everyone agrees and knows that Jason 100% was real and existed. Right. Mm. Cause yeah. they say things like, Oh yeah, there's other people in town. Oh, it looks like someone's killing people and they're using Jason's MO, but there's also this air of like, Oh no, Jason's not real oh, is Jason real? And like uh, some of the counselors talking to each other. Did you get that?
1: You know, it's, and I think that that's like, you know, um, I can't decide because they, I mean, they changed the name of the entire, you know, the entire town from yeah. Crystal Lake. But it's also like, it, that's that made me raise my eyebrow, you know, because I'm like, there's got to be some people who know. But then um, the other thing I think is, you know, it's like when you have someone like Jason, I think that that lends itself to the actual sort of, sort of hokey I don't want to say hokey, like negative, it's just sort of like the strange atmosphere of the movie. Um, it also lends itself to like, you know, if someone was like saying, yeah, this, this Jason guy, uh, he was alive for like literally four movies and killed a bunch of people and nothing really changed. It's sort of like the Buffy the Vampire Slayer effect where, um, you know, like people die at the school literally every week and people are like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Um So that's, I don't know, it's like, and yeah, there's, he's definitely almost a legend. And like, I think I would lend some credence to that because like, you know, you don't want, you know, expect like some weird guy to like go and kill that many people. But it's also, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not like he, they don't know that he was there.
0: Yeah. Cause he's Um, killed like something like 30 people over four movies. So like cholera run for its money, (laughs) but, uh, it's it's just so frustrating for me as somebody who loves the like narrative origin stories of some of these monsters that Jason's is so convoluted and so like agreeably yeah it doesn't make sense like yeah that's part of the fun right some (laughs) of the movies don't matter some of them were a dream it's kind of fun right like
1: Halloween for example yeah like Halloween (laughs) 4
0: yeah right isn't that the one season of the witch or is Mm. that five
1: I don't know i think it was four but But, i don't don't know i don't have it in front of me
0: i don't know Um, but yeah i i feel like i i would love to see a re uh not like a reboot but like the way that they're continuing movies that have been done for 30 years and we all decided we don't need a sequel of that they're just making a sequel anyway i want a sequel like halloween i want a friday the 13th sequel a modern day friday the 13th i think that'd be really cool
1: Yeah, and you could even go, like, um, I recently watched, I picked up the the Scream series on on Netflix, and it's, I'm not going to lie, like, not all of it, you know, it's not, it doesn't hold a candle to, like, the movies, I think, but it's still, it was, like, I think that was a decent, um, what's it called? Like, just sort of a decent medium, and I feel like that, definitely, you could probably do something like that.
0: I think so. Uh, I think especially now with like the way Disney Plus kind of cranks out its cranks out its stuff, it would be really cool to get kind of a made for TV franchise. Oh,
1: definitely. but anyway. <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, even know who has the rights anymore. But yeah, that's, I it's, it's, think it's, it's New enough.
0: Line, right? I think it'd be it's New Line
1: I I don't even know. It's this whole this whole intellectual property is this one big Gordian knot. Um,
0: but yeah, I always loved Jason. So then, uh, it, it also the the image of him like waiting at the bottom of Camp Crystal Lake, chained Ooh. there, waiting for someone to come along too close is such a cool image. I don't know if you know, but there's a real statue uh, of a of Jason tied to like a rock at the bottom of a popular diving spot in Minnesota by yeah, uh, artist C- Curtis Lar. That sounds so fucking scary. Oh, definitely. <laughs> oh my That's... God. If I was scuba diving and I saw this like murky shape and I got closer <laughs> and it was goddamn Jason with his mask. Oh now my You're God. never
1: going in the water again.
0: I know. And you know, what's so funny seeing like, uh, I'm thinking of like references to Jason and other media. They always portray him with a chainsaw. That was always the thing is hockey mask and chainsaw, but I don't think he's ever once picked up a chainsaw. It's always you a machete. Know, there was, there was in, in, in Jason, uh, in a new beginning,
1: There is a chainsaw, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. In a new beginning, and I know we're talking about part six, but um, a new beginning. uh, Jason isn't actually. He's not using the chainsaw. He gets attacked with a chainsaw.
0: Right. Um,
1: So that's like a almost subversion of expectations. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's really interesting, and I think that that's you know he's like he's become the sort of the face, and I I hesitate to say that because he's always wearing a mask, but. He's, you know, he's like, he's almost the face of slashers. Like, I mean, of course, you know, you've got, you got Freddy and you got uh, Chucky and all these other people, but it's always like, I feel like, yeah, Jason is sort of this sort of like rock.
0: Yeah. Um, And, and, and something that you're hitting on too, that he's the face of it is like Chucky kind of like evolved from each movie to movie, how he looked. Freddy did not. He stayed 100% static. Jason with each movie there'd be a little bit more damage. And so that'd be fun for people like me who just want to see like, oh, this is the mask from two, but mm-hmm. this is the mask from seven. And it has that little chip out of it from when Tommy hit him in four and all that tiny little stuff. It always struck me Friday the 13th, just as the a franchise always struck me as like the one you tell people you're a fan of when you want to seem like you really like horror. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh, wait, You like Friday the 13th, like as a franchise, you're a deep cut (laughs) horror fan because those movies are fucking weird. Yeah.
1: I mean, like, let's, you know, let's be honest here. It's like, if I had to like, if, if I had to like line them up, um, if I, if you gave me the option, like right now, like it's like, Hey, I got two DVDs. (laughs) I got Halloween or I got Friday the 13th. I'm going to say Halloween. Yeah. But that doesn't mean like, do I, do I dislike Friday the 13th? Absolutely not. I, I like it. But it's it's exactly what you said. It's such a weird sort of just like flip-flop amalgamation of like all these different ideas and concepts and like things that they thought worked and things that they thought didn't work and like jumping between all these people.
0: Um, None of it should have worked, frankly. It's bizarre. It's bizarre how (laughs) any of this stuff stuck and has kind of like fallen backwards into, oh, that's cult and cool instead of just uh, random and stupid.
1: Yeah, it's the it's the car you see on the freeway where you're like that should not be running and it does. It's like, or something like that. It's, <laughs> it's got all these things that are like you look at it and then whether you're like a writer or filmmaker or just like a fan, you're like this this is like I wouldn't do this. And but it's it's widely regarded. It's like it's I don't even know if like it's the most famous, but it's definitely you know like everyone knows about Jason. Even everyone knows in about Friday the Thirteenth.
0: Even in Scream, that's like the trivia question that Drew Barrymore gets asked of like, oh, who was the killer in the first Friday the 13th? And she's like, Jason, Jason, I know it was Jason. And the guy's like, no, it was his mom in the first one. <laughs> and I remember that being like, oh, I have to commit that to memory so that people think I'm cool. That I know yeah. like, actually, um, trivia. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or else you're gonna but, get killed by Ghostface.
0: But that's the thing is, like with with the Friday the Thirteenth franchise, I feel like you have to back it up sometimes by like dropping those little things, like, oh yeah, but of course you know he didn't get his mask until part three, and oh yeah, of course, well you know it was Pamela Voorhees in the first one. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, and it, it never works. I I, <laughs> I try to impress people, and they just sort of have to go grab another drink or something at the party. Um, oh yeah.
0: Well. Now we have my final segment, which is where we rate this movie on a scale of one to five thumbs, one being the worst and five being the best. Hey Max, what did you think of Friday the Thirteenth Part Six: Jason Lives? Oof.
1: You know, what? it's like it's it's I've got I've got two ratings, but I know I could only do one. Okay, um, right? It's I would think in like in in the Friday the Thirteenth series, I would have to give it like. I would probably rate it as one of the best ones in the series, in the series, right. In the series. But in terms of like actual like horror movies, I would give it maybe like a three.
0: Or a I know. Two. Right.
1: <laughs> it's I, I, hate to say it. It's like, I think it's the most enjoyable one out of all of them next to like Jason X or something. Cause that's, <laughs> that is a trip. Um, but it does, it does. I think it does a lot of good things. Right. Like I think, it, it finally realizes, like, they know where this this franchise is going, and they know, like, all these different things that they've tried. They've thrown all these things at the wall to see what sticks and what, you know, doesn't stick. And this one, they're just like, listen, we're making this, like, hokey franchise that apparently will not die. Um Let's just go and roll with it. And you've got this money, this movie. Sorry, money. Um He got this movie, which is like legitimately entertaining at times. Like I I remember laughing at it, like not, not the whole time, but a lot of times Um, I I liked the inclusion of Tommy Jarvis. I thought he was a decent sort of protagonist. Um, I'm kind of bummed that after this, we never see or hear from him again. Um, And it also, it sort of lended to that legend of uh, Jason being this sort of like force of nature and somehow rebooting the rest of the franchise for a couple more movies now that he's, like, this, like, revenant, like you said, this this zombie thing that uh, cannot be stopped and gets, like, superpowers. So I guess, yeah, like, in terms of, like, movies, though, I would go with, like, 2.53 <laughs> if I had to.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, it, it, in my research, it really does seem agreed that, like, this is the best Friday the 13th movie, but comparing it to just, like, the other movies I watched this week, yeah, I, I would I would have to uh, agree with you that it gets knocked at least like two, maybe three thumbs down. But um, before I, I move on to my uh, rating, traditionally we'll award those thumbs to either crew members, characters, or actors. Who are you going to award your two and a half thumbs to? <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, Who deserves it most?
1: I'm gonna give. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give one of my thumbs. Hey, you know, what? I'm gonna give two. I'm gonna give two thumbs to Tom Tom McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I mean the way he directed it, the way he wrote it, like again, it's hokey as hell, but it's still like entertaining. And they're not. I just don't think they were trying to be serious with it, and it, it ended up being, again, not the best horror movie, but it's entertaining. Like when I think about which Jason movie I want to watch again, it's like usually Jason X or Part Six. So I, I got to give him props for that. I thought he did a decent job with it. I don't think it's the best the best direction job ever, but, um, you know, he did good. And then I guess half the thumb would go to... Oh, <laughs> um, uh, God, what's his name? Um, Tom, Tom Matthews. Tom uh, Matthews. I think he did... Because he apparently was in Return of Living Dead or something earlier. I guess, yeah. He was sort of this unsung hero. And yeah, I think he did a decent job in the movie. Um... Actually, you know what? Forget that. I'm gonna I'm gonna give that half <laughs> a thumb to uh, Sheriff Garrus. because okay. I think I think he his performance was really good. Like he just seemed to like really get into the role, and he was like he really tried. I
0: love he really how he's tried. about to open fire on a child or on a kid as he walks into his office. That's how we meet <laughs> Sheriff Garris.
1: Yeah, he's got he's got like the hero's <laughs> journey. It's very it's very Greek. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, he like has that. like his journey and his 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 his, his final is courageous. Last stand and I don't know. Oh, you're right. I, I, yeah, I'm his... sorry, Tom, but I gotta give it to I gotta give it to him.
0: You're right. He even redeems himself at the end.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's he's got a whole sort of arc. I gotta, it's good.
0: You know, hearing your like justification for your ratings made me realize kind. I kind of just like put myself in 1986 audiences and thought about like, okay. I like horror movies. I'm a horror fan. I just saw Friday the 13th, and they killed Jason. That's pretty exciting. That was something I didn't expect. And then I go see the next one, and I keep waiting for Jason to be back, and they literally tricked me. So now this third one, I don't know what to expect, but it's called Jason Lives. And so I would go into that theater, and it would be this, like, reinvention of everything that i wanted but they're making fun of me while they do it (laughs) and they're like you love this don't you don't you love this you fucking idiot (laughs) and i'd be like yeah i do fuck me (laughs) like there's an odd there's a decent amount of kills there's 18 kills all counted for in the whole movie, which is more than uh, some like recent hatchet, I want to say, had. Um, But unfortunately, a lot of the gore is off screen. So, and there's no nudity. So, this movie is like all but a PG 13 adventure. It's funny. You could probably like just start with this movie and not watch one through five and. You'd still be okay because this is the Jason that everyone talks about anyway. If anything, you'd be confused watching the other ones and going like, wait, this is Jason? Where's his hockey mask?
1: Yeah, and they do a good job of explaining everything too. I mean, you could watch the other movies if you wanted, but it's like right here, they're, you know, they they, they kind of do a decent job of like catching you up.
0: Yeah, and you're right that like Tom McLaughlin had this huge responsibility in front of him that like, Okay, we want you to make the next Friday the 13th. We don't care what you do as long as Jason is definitely the villain. And he sat down and realized what you said, which is an insane thing to realize in the 80s. That, okay, people love these movies and they actually don't want to be surprised. They love them because they know what they're getting and they have a lot of fun teens having sex and then getting killed afterwards they don't want to be surprised so okay i'll give them what they want but in a in a tone that they would never have expected and mm-hmm. that's an amazing accomplishment i can only imagine what kind of pressure he was getting from producers to make it scarier and gorier and grosser you know yeah no uh, it's,
1: they they definitely toe the line um, yeah
0: So with all of that in mind, I have to rate this movie, unfortunately, based on other horror movies and not the Friday the 13th franchise because I've only seen two. And I'm going to give it three thumbs. I'm going to have to award my thumbs to David Kagan as Sheriff Mike Garris because he's, like I said at the beginning, he's just a good dad trying to do his goddamn job and these freaking kids (laughs) won't leave him alone.
1: Yeah. No, he's, 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 especially when you get older, you're like realizing like, okay, he's, he's actually like the rock. He's trying to, he's trying to hold it all together in this, this shitty town um, with all these crazy things going on.
0: I also want to give a a thumb to his daughter, Jennifer Cook, who played Megan Garris. Her energy, she has the energy of, I mean, the sheriff's daughter. She's untouchable. She could do whatever she wants. She can force a stranger, a criminal stranger's face into her junk while driving away from the police (laughs) like, if that's not agency, I don't know what is that was badass yeah, she
1: knew what she wanted
0: Yes, she did. And she knew how to get it. And then I'm going to give the last one to Fuckboy Tom Fridley. I don't know what his deal was, but Jesus, he was wearing like a lowing cloth, maybe like a little piece of string throughout that whole movie. And I don't know who directed the sex scene, but he looks like he's in pain. That poor guy. I don't know what is. I don't know what is going through his mind. And the the oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I have to ask this. The scene is she says. You got to keep it up till the end of the song. And he says, oh, God, how much longer? And she's like, about 10 minutes. And he gives this big look like, oh, no. <laughs> now, Max, I'm gay. So forgive me if I don't understand. But isn't having sex with females supposed to feel good?
1: Oh, of course. I mean, like, yeah, that's, I would assume. I guess, like, the, the joke there is, like, trying to last that long. Uh, that doesn't
0: make any sense either. Is I that it? Know. He's trying to like think of other things or like bite his lip or something?
1: I think so, because the minute the power goes off, apparently he,
0: you know, he lets it go. Uh, and then, last question <laughs> they are definitely in the middle of that song. What kind of fucking song is 10 more minutes? I don't
1: know. It's not, Some I mean, kind of fish it's, jam it's no band It's Bohemian Rhapsody, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, uh, so yeah, before we sign off, I want to mention, did you know that the original ending of the film had Jason's father show up? You know
1: what? I, I had seen a little bit of like rumblings about that, but, um, you know, I, I didn't actually know. I wasn't sure about that. I thought that, I didn't know what movie that was in, but they always talked about like, what's his, um, Elias. Yeah. Elias Voorhees, the, 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 shadow Behind all the, the puppet master. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. What, or, what do you think? Would you well, it, would you have wanted him to be at the end? Or? Yeah, because
0: originally, instead of Jason opening his eye and going, like, I'll be back, we cut back to the graveyard. And apparently in this original version, the gravedigger didn't die because Jason's father, Elias, silently, like, shakes hands or hands a big wad of cash to the gravedigger implying that Elias knows Jason has been resurrected and has come looking for him. And we would somehow silently learn that this person is Jason's father, a character who we've never known existed up until this point. So when the producers saw the script, they were like, no, we don't want to spend the next movie explaining who Elias Voorhees is. They very smartly wrote it out. No. I think that's so lame. Just like from a story from a storytelling standpoint, I think it is such a easy cop out to go like, "Well, my character's uh stagnating a little bit. Let's meet his parents."
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's very uh soap opera.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like, "Oh,
1: wait a minute. It's your father, and you haven't seen him in 20 years." And oh,
0: "Jason has a twin brother who's a vampire." It's Mason.
1: Mason. It's like- <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's insane. Like I'm I'm glad that's they cut good. that out. That would that would have been that would have been the tipping point, I think. I mean there's no. more tipping points throughout the franchise, but that's like
0: that would have no. been too much. I never want to meet Jason's father. He's a mama's boy. There's just <laughs> literally no father in the picture. You introduce a father, you ruin Jason. That's but my how opinion. how would you
1: even introduce that into the plot? Like who would you pick? How would they, it, would, they he would be killing people? Would he be like the, you know, absentee father who wanted to connect with his son or
0: i literally can't think even like trying to bend over backwards i can't think of a narrative way to introduce jason that wouldn't deflate his being a mama's boy like that's what makes jason interesting there's only like two things about jason he's a mama's boy and he's dead so so if you introduce oh no he did have a dad so I guess his dad beat the shit out of him. That would have changed. I don't know. I'm always very interested. I've been watching a lot of Mindhunter recently. I'm always very um, interested in the, the way serial killers are formed.
1: Fantastic show,
0: by the way. Fantastic show. I got to start season two. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening to the gory days. And thank you, Max, for joining us.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm really glad that I got to watch this movie. I frankly don't think I ever would have seen this if somebody didn't bring it to me for the gory days, so thank you very much. I'm honestly interested enough to go back and watch uh, A New Beginning, just so I can see what the heck happened. Is that the oh. one with Corey Feldman? Um, no, nah, Corey Feldman's in
1: part two. Part five, okay. I don't remember who, but I would say, just just on, in the for the sake of like the fever dream that is part five, I would... Definitely check it out because there's some there's some stuff to talk about in part five. Absolutely, okay. Um, I won't spoil the surprise though. You definitely go and watch that.
0: Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, to listening once again to another episode of The Gory Days. Please follow me at the Gory Days on Twitter and Instagram or watch my stuff on YouTube. You can even check out my store or my Patreon at TheGoryDays.com or send me an email at GoryDaysPodcast at gmail.com if you want to be a guest or let me know what you thought or how bad I'm doing. Otherwise, until next time, stay scary out there. The Gory Days!